Welcome to Breakthrough. This is your host, Jamie Hirsch, your trillionaire breakthrough-minded coach. Today, our guest, Robert Raymond Riopelle, is an international best-selling author, entrepreneur, app designer, and trainer. Living his passion, he travels around the world impacting lives by teaching people what is possible in their lives. Since 2004, Robert has personally taught over half a million people how to create a mindset for success and to step into their greatness by using the techniques that allowed him to go from being over $150,000 in debt to financially free by the age of 32. Always live with passion, as Robert would say. Let's give it up for Robert Raymond Riopelle. Hey, Jamie. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be a guest. Uh, anytime I have a chance to be able to share my message or be able to talk to people, share part of my story to hopefully inspire them, I, I'm instantly there. It doesn't matter what time of day or where in the world I am. And so, you know, I want to kind of really send a message to your listeners and the people that you know, follow you on relationships. And it's interesting because this is something I normally do not talk about. So I'm feeling even more kind of privileged to be able to um, share this part of the message because it's a big part of who I am and not just who I am, but why I am at where I'm at. And so kind of to get into it, I have to go back in my journey. And one of the things when I was growing up, I'm from Canada. I live in a province called Alberta. And here we are very, very oil rich. But because of that, we end up going through highs and lows, depending on how the economy goes. And growing up as a kid, my criteria for having any kind of success or work, as an example, was that whatever is going to pay me the most money, that's what I'm going to go for. And it didn't matter if I enjoyed it or not. It was what's going to keep me secure, what is going to allow me to make as much money as possible, so hopefully someday I can retire. And so my parents taught me that, look, when you start working, work hard, stay loyal. And that's exactly what I started doing. At a young age, I'm now working, and I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal. And there's jobs that I enjoyed their jobs that I absolutely hated, but because they were paying me more than the jobs I enjoyed, kind of tended to be where I was going, is I would always go through those. And while I'm on this journey, I'm ending up working hard, staying loyal. And by the time I was 21 years of age, I'd actually worked for three different companies. And the thing that kind of, I look back now and I go, okay, if I was working hard and I was staying loyal, why did I work for three different companies by the time I was 21? Well, the simple truth was, I didn't have any control over being laid off or downsized. The third company was a factory, and they shut down. I had no control over that. And so, of course, I was frustrated, but I learned one of the greatest lessons I believe in life I could have learned, especially at such a young age. And that lesson was, if I, if I wanted any kind of success, I actually had to take control of my own destiny that way. I had to take my control of my own destiny. And so kind of a part of my journey that I normally don't share with people that I get to share here with your uh, listeners that kind of makes it unique is when I was also young, at the age of 13 here in Canada, we have something called cadet organization. And what cadet is, is a younger version of young forces. So you have army cadets, air cadets, sea cadets, and that's part of what was called sea cadets. And I started at the age of 
teach, learning about leadership, learning about discipline, uh, what it is to be in the trade of the Navy, stuff like that. And I actually started to meet and be interested in, well, girls. <laughs> it's kind of interesting how that happens at that age. And there was a young lady that um, at the age of 13, I met her, and she was interested in me, but I didn't even notice her. And I know this never, ever happens for anybody that's listening to this, you know, right now. You know, I was clueless, and, and maybe that's just me, but she really liked me, and I had no idea. In fact, for two years, Jamie, she tried to get my attention, and I was totally clueless. And one day at age 16, she got my attention. Now, she got it in kind of a very unique way. We were doing some volunteer work, like we normally did. And, um, you know, this is kind of a success principle. Uh, as you know, I like to give people clues. Man, this is a, uh, one of my clues to success. It is to volunteer, assist others. And there's a couple reasons. Not only is it because it helps people, not only is it because it feels good, but I learned my love for volunteering in the cadet organization. But the real reason that I love volunteering is it goes into something even deeper. It goes into psychology. Um, as you are aware, one of the biggest issues around the world is depression. And one of the reasons people get depressed is because they spend way too much time focused on what's going on in their life, their problems, their issues, their loneliness. And this comes down to relationships. They get depressed because, you know, I'm single or I'm divorced or, you know, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm in a relationship I truly want to be in. And they're putting all their focus on themselves. And that causes depression. And this is a chemical imbalance, not something where it's chemically imbalanced. Most depression comes from being too focused on what's going on in your own life. And so by volunteering, it gets you out of your life and helping other people, which now it takes the mindset off of you Take your mindset off your problem because now you're helping other people. It naturally actually has been proven to lift people out of depression. And so I'd love to volunteer, and I'm doing this at the age of 16, when this girl who I didn't even know, well, I knew her, we were friends, but I hadn't noticed her. She decided to get my attention by tackling me in a game of touch football. And I'm like instantly upset, like, who's tackling me that is touch football? until I turned around and saw that it was a girl that tackled me. And instantly, I was smitten with her. It's like in my eyes, it's like, wow, if this girl can tackle me, she's got to be amazing. So I went a little bit into my ego that way, and she got my attention. We finished talking for the rest of the day. We got back together the next day to do volunteering again. And while we were together, we were listening to music while we are watching uh, some races, because we were volunteering for some riverboat races, I actually got the courage to ask her to meet my girlfriend. And she said yes. And when she did, it changed my life. You see, because this young lady had a different, what we would call a blueprint. Her blueprint wasn't about setting, um, settling for the status quo. It wasn't about being um, happy with just getting by. It's not set for playing the smaller game than what you're allowed to play or what you're willing to play. Because to me, my inner beliefs, I was taught, you work hard, you stay loyal. And so that means you just do what you need to do to take care of the family. Don't don't dream of anything bigger. Don't dream of anything greater. But in her family, no, that was not the way she was raised. 
raised. She was raised that if you want something, you go for it. You find a way. You make a way. You create a way. And so we started this relationship. And one of the gifts that she started to impart on me and give to me right away is that she would not let me play any smaller than I am. She saw greatness in me that I wasn't willing to acknowledge myself. And so she wasn't willing to let me sit there and be frustrated and, and aggravated. You know, I'll give you an example. One of my early jobs, I'm working in a fiberglass factory. And so working with fiberglass, I'm laying down chop, I'm rolling the chop out. And so there's a lot of these fiberglass fibers. And I don't know if your listeners or you have ever experienced what fiberglass will do when it's in the raw form. It's so small and that, and it's glass. It gets into the pores you bought. So every morning, three o'clock in the morning, like clockwork, I would wake up itching, scratching, totally uncomfortable because of these fiberglass pores. I wasn't making a lot of money. But this company had hired me. My dad had helped me get this job. And so I was being loyal to them. And even when a better prospect of a job came along, and when I applied to, well before I worked for this company, came along and said, hey, we're now doing hiring. We're about to open our factory. We'd like to interview you. I went to them and I said, look, I've got another job opportunity, but I'm letting you know up front because, you know, I like working here. I really didn't, but I was loyal. I said, so I'm letting you know. And they said, well, Robert, they give me a better offer than what we're offering you. If we match it, will you stay? And to me, it was no question. And so I went for the interview. And I came back and they said, well, actually, they're offering me $4 more an hour to start and full health benefits. And the company, you know, I look back today and I go, thank goodness it happened because I can't picture having lived with that my boss for much longer. And this, I wasn't even going to tell them. I, I was going to just say, I'm turning the job down. But this young lady who we are now um, engaged, she said, no, you go to them, you be honest, you let them know that, you know, here's where it's at. And if they match it, they'll say, they'll say, but it's not. You have to move forward. So I was not willing to get out of my comfort zone and to play bigger until she urged me along. And when I had the conversation, they turned around and they said, Robert, we can't match it. We, you know, appreciate your work. We appreciate your honesty. And we suggest you take the, the job. And which was great because what I didn't know at the time is had I stayed with the five o'clock company, three weeks later, they shut down. They actually shut down and I would have lost my job anyway. And I would have missed this opportunity. So let me say this to your listeners. Be prepared. Seize the opportunities that are coming your way because they're always coming your way. But most people let them slip behind. And because I had someone in my life that was willing to hold me to the highest standard and to own my greatness and have the courage, and let's put this word, courage, to actually talk to my bosses, be honest, be truthful with them, and to own my greatness. That's what allowed me to move into the next position. And our journey has gone that way through all of our life. You see, because from there, also two years later, that factory shut down. So now I'm out of work. And so what do I do? I, we're in the middle of an oil um, bust, as we call it, because the prices are down. No one's working. There's no jobs. I want to do something to support my family because I'm now newly married. And I go out and start delivering pizzas. And let me be clear. I would have been comfortable continuing to deliver pizzas. But all of a sudden, my franchise sold this store, bought two more stores in another city. So with the urging of my now wife, I 
share if you're angry. That's what my wife would get upset about something. I would call up. I wouldn't respond. She'd get more upset. Then get to the part where I'd walk away. That is not healthy for a relationship. And when we started interpersonal development, it was about 13 years into our marriage. And all of a sudden, we went to a program that taught us how to communicate, how to, it was called the development dance, how to go between the masculine and the feminine that's in each of us. Because every single one of us, Jamie, has that inside of us. And for how to communicate, how to be able to, even if you're in fury, if you're pissed off, how to be able to, you know, in a healthy way, communicate with your partner so that you can get through it. And from learning that, it strengthened our relationship. Because we had a good relationship. Also, that one little program turned from good to amazing. And do we still need reminders today? Absolutely. Is there still times where we butt heads today? Absolutely. But you know what? That's a relationship to me. You show me a great relationship, and I guarantee you, the people who are in it have committed to making it work, good, bad, or otherwise. They don't just give up. They don't try to think it's always going to be perfect. And that's kind of my take on relationships. And so today, that's why I travel around the world, because this amazing young lady holds me to a higher standard. And from being managers of dog and pizza working together, we did buy our first stores. We were franchisees for about nine years. We ended up going in debt because of that. Because we didn't run the business properly. We just did it blindly. We weren't ready. And that's when we were introduced to personal development, which then allowed us to go from being that $150,000 in debt. Also, nine months later, after our first live personal development course, we retired financially free completely. And I found what my true passion was. And again, had it been me, I wouldn't have had the courage necessarily on my own to step into my passion and want to be a trainer. But because of my beautiful pride, she helped me to the high standard. And together, she went out of her company zone and started running the logistics. I started doing the training. And today, 15 years later, we've now traveled around the world several times. I've personally impacted over half a million people, teach them about success, teach them about going for the passion, teach them what and, and demonstrate from the stage one of the biggest things I demonstrate is my relationship. And that's, I believe, why you asked me to be on this interview because you know I talk about my wife a lot because she is, and I have never had to help tell people if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be doing what I do today. If it wasn't for her courage to hold me to my courage, my higher standard. So that's relationship. So I hope that makes sense. I hope that's what kind of the insight you're looking for. And tell me um, if what questions you might have for me, Jamie, because I'm, I'm here to assist in any way I can. Robert, one of the questions I have for you, and thank you so much. That was phenomenal. One of the questions that I had for you is that your wife held you to high standards. Now, you mentioned that she liked you for two years before you even knew it. Since she was playing at a higher game at that time, which it seems why or uh, one of the reasons you were attracted to her, what made her attracted to you since it seems like you were not on the same level? Now, I'm not sure, but I'm sure you're going to answer this correctly. She is just sheer tenacity. And she saw something in me that just she knew I was meant for bigger things. And I don't know, I'm, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, a higher power. Whether you go by God, you know, you go by universe, you go by whatever. 
All right, so Robert, sometimes, um, thank you for answering that. So what I realized as well is sometimes someone says, you know what, I see something in that person. Like, I remember just seeing this one guy, and I'm like, I... I really feel like we're meant to be. There is something about him that I did not even know him. But the minute I heard him speak, and he was not speaking to me directly. He was speaking to a group. He shared his story. And I was like, wow, this seems like my husband. But it's strange because I did not even know the guy. Now, you mentioned intuition and your wife using that and, you know, sort of using her gut. But what happens when someone feels that? but the other person does not. All right, so one of my biggest uh, beliefs, Jamie, on this is that the biggest issue with a relationship not working is because people are not worried about who they are working on themselves. So what you're just asking there is, well, what is the other person doing? You have no control of that whatsoever. You have no control. What you have control over is how you feel, how you act, how you react. So the moment that you actually are sitting there going, well, I feel this way, they don't, why don't they? You're now actually giving up your power. And so to me, what it is, is what attracts people is something called charisma. And charisma is really you owning your greatness. Now, to be clear, not in arrogance, but in confidence. So meaning that you, you hold this faith and you are focused on who you are as a person of being your best person you can be. But the people who have a struggle with charisma are the ones who are always worried about, well, what are others thinking? Uh, you know, how do I get them to like me? Why don't they like me? And those people are giving up their power. The people who have charisma, they actually hold their power. And it becomes like a big magnet. It is that law of attraction, really, right there. And so what you might have seen in this other person is like, wow, I really connected with them. But I'm not even sure if they're connected with me. How do you even know? You're already deciding that they can't feel the way you do because your mind has come up with reasons why. Or your mind has said, well, because of this and this and this, they don't like me or they're not connected with me. So you've already become judge, juror, and executioner in a split nanosecond without really knowing if that's the way the person feels or not. So what I would recommend to people is that if you feel an attraction, if you see someone where there's something that just catches your attention, Go have conversations with no attachment, no expectation. Just, hey, you know, how are you doing? And it's not even to sit there and go, I just felt something. Because now that's putting the pressure on them. You just go and be you. Go and interact. And if something happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And be okay with it either way. I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. One of the things I've been reminding myself, it just is. It just is. <laughs> that helps me, um, you know, just bypass a lot of things. Now, you mentioned that you're, she was pushing you to a higher standard. Now, sometimes people are okay with that, and sometimes people are not. And you kind of mentioned that you were um, a little bit off your comfort zone for a second when that was happening. But what made you stick to this to play to her level when she was, you know, the one being pushy or raising your standards where you were not to that level yet. But what made you stick to the relationship to know that it was for your best interests? So, Jeannie, this comes back to something I teach trainers. The most important part of a training is not about the content. And so in a relationship, the content is just the words back and forth. The relationship back and forth. What is the most 
we're in a relationship. The context of the agreement that, look, if we get upset at each other, because that's what relationships are, they have their ups and downs, we don't just give up. We, we work through it. We figure it out, no matter how pissed off we are. You know, and, and it took a number of years to get to the point because it was learning. It's not like we're perfect. We still aren't perfect today. We go through the learning curves ourselves. But it's an agreement of you don't walk away. You figure it out. You, you, know, you calm down. You take the space, whatever it is. Uh, we learned some techniques that have helped us over the years of how to, especially when you're heated, when you're upset. Because, of course, you know that famous old thing, when in, emotions are high, intelligence is low. And so, you know, we work on ourselves to learn techniques, and we give each other the gift. It's not a one-way street of she just holds me to a higher standard. I hold her to a higher standard as well. And so it's this give-and-take relationship. And, yeah, in our time together, have we had some major blows? Absolutely. Have we learned from them? Yes. And the biggest thing is we don't give up on each other. We make sure that we, once we calm down, we talk it out. No matter how long it takes, we talk it out. We work it out. We do whatever it needs to do to really, really look at why. Why is the button being pushed? Why is there frustration? And again, I want to be very, very clear on this. People think they look at someone's relationship that looks to be in a good relationship, and they go, oh, my God, I want that. Why can't I have it? Well, I'm going to be blunt. Chances are if you don't have it, it's because you're not willing to put the work into it. It's like anything you're passionate about, it takes work. Don't just think it's going to drop on your head and be perfect. It takes work. And a lot of people, from my experience, Jamie, are not willing to put that work in. One thing you mentioned that uh, just shone a light on me is when emotions are high, intelligence are low. Huh. I'm really happy you shared that. Another question I have for you, Robert, is um, 30 year into marriage, or you're about to, right? 30 year into marriage. You met at the age of around 13. Your wife was 13. I'm not sure if you were around the same age. But you kept that attraction going for, you know, almost 33 years, you mentioned. Was there a point in time where you had, um, where you questioned yourself of dating other women? What would it be like to, um, because it's like a childhood, right? You were a teenager, did that ever cross your mind of what if or what it would be like to be with someone else or during that time frame of being with your wife? Absolutely. And oh, if someone tells you it doesn't, it doesn't. And I'm going to give you an example of um, probably one of the biggest downfalls of trainers. And that is they, they start to do trainings and they start to uh, realize some success. And the moment they do, they can go easily into ego, like, look at all these people, they love me, they want to be around me, and it's, it happens. But to me, we have a commitment to each other. And this is kind of, you know, I, I don't know if I shared it when you were in the training with me, but people ask me sometimes, they say, Robert, why is it that you share so much about your wife from the stage? Why is it you talk about her so much? And one of the reasons is because being in this industry, I've watched so many people ruin their relationships because they're in that space on stage where they're impacting lives, changing lives. And the students are seeing them for who they think they are, not who they truly are. And so students naturally want to be attracted and be part of that energy and want to get into relationships. And so I don't want that because to me, 
I already have the most amazing woman in my life. And so I talk about my wife from this age, one, because I love her, two, because she is my inspiration and reason up there, but three, to make it very clear to my audience that I'm already happy and taken. So don't even try, don't even approach me, because I'm already in a relationship I want. And I do this because, yeah, every person thinks about it, but to me, I just have to then remind myself, why am I in love with this woman I'm in love with? And that is all it takes for me to not even have a thought linger for much longer than half a second. And again, it's been a journey. So I don't know if that answers your question, but that's kind of how I deal with it. And it's what I've witnessed from people, a lot of people, they end up thinking that the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And so that, you know, hey, I'm upset. We're not working out right now. I'm going here. Well, that's just to me, and, and some people may think this is harsh. Some people may think this is, uh, you know, I'm being arrogant about it. But that to me is just weakness on your side. That means you have not been committed to yourself enough. And again, not in arrogance, but committed that. You know what? When I set a value, when I set a commitment, I hold to it. And so to me, I have a commitment. And, and even when times are tough, I just have to remind myself of that commitment and that I'm committed to working through whatever's holding us back in the moment or whatever I'm angry about. And so I guess that, that's how I do it. And I, that's how I would answer that question. I hope that's kind of um, what you meant because I don't know how else to answer it. And lastly, Robert, one thing I love to ask is what does love mean to you? What does love mean to you? Well, what love means to me is being willing to stay on the ride for the entire journey. Uh, it's not trying to only be there for the good parts, but being willing to be there for the bad parts, whatever you want to title it. Um, because some of the greatest, uh, in my relationship, only going from my experience, some of our greatest growth in our relationship is when we had a disagreement. Uh, we didn't see eye to eye, we had a fight, but we got through it. Because we got to truly learn what the other person's perspective was and how they might be seeing things different than um, we're seeing it, I'm seeing it. And so to me, love is being there for the entire ride. Can you imagine only being on a roller coaster just for it, as it goes up, it climbs to the top, and then hopping off for when it goes down and missing the most important part of the ride, and then walking over and hopping on for the, um, to, go on for the um, to go back up again? It would be a totally different experience. So that's what love is to me. Yeah, that should be. And absolutely imagine. The title of my book is Success Left This Clue. And um, it's available on Amazon.com or to me, Amazon.ca. It's available as well in the uh, ebook version, so you can get it from them either way. And we're going to be actually putting it out in the Audible uh, version pretty soon. We're working on that right now. And that's how you find my book. This way to stay in touch with me is on Facebook. I do have a back page. You just go Robert Real Pell, type that in. And you'll see Robert Realpel fan page, and that's R I O P is in Peter E L. And you can follow me as I travel around the world. I'm always doing educational videos from my travels, lessons, stuff like that. So that's the easiest way to find me. Uh, because yeah, I, I love to teach trainers, but I also run some masterminds. I also do some other things to help people get unstuck, and the easiest way to find out about that is through. And I do have a, an app that's called Amazon. 
beginning and at the end. And it's like having a mentor in your pocket. It allows you to create dream boards. It, and it's actually, um, Torah in my book, in an app form. Because in my book, I teach about six steps to create the life of your dreams, keeping it real, relevant, and repeatable. And when we talk about those steps, one is creating a dream board. Because the problem isn't that people don't dream anymore. Don't, excuse me, dream anymore. The problem is they don't dream big enough. So I, first thing I do is work with people on dreaming bigger. So right on the app, they're able to create dream boards. Version 1 is out right now on uh, iPhone and, and uh, iPad, but uh, not on Android yet, but you can do it actually web-based. And then version 2 will be coming out soon, which will then be on Android, app, on iPhones, everything. And it's going to be, it's going to make version 1 look like version 1 with the kindergarten chores. I just love that. But you create dream boards. You're able to then break it down into steps to take action. You're able to uh, show to be a guest on the show visit jamiehirsch.com and fill out the application you can follow the jamie show on facebook if you haven't yet go to apple podcasts and subscribe rate and review this podcast join us next week for another breakthrough conversation